0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job's more visibility at indeed.com/match. Just go to indeed.com/match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. indeed.com/match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lavien Bells with the Jets. Odell Beckham wins in Cleveland. And Tony and Browns on the Raiders. The one thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet every football weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook. Period. This year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win hundred grand, and it costs only hundred bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. My bookie's been good to me. but paid for school supplies over the summer. It's the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. And they have live in-game betting. You can bet on fantasy points. And right now, they're having a first deposit bonus. Use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Basically, you put in 100 bucks, you get another 100 You play, you win, you get paid. Alright guys, welcome in. It's Vlad Harris here on another Panther Rants podcast. it's august, it's the third week of august college football is coming up pretty soon we got um let's see this is this weekend is the first it's the last weekend of uh, no college football i mean we got preseason nfl but who gives a shit about that uh we'll get into that later but i'm sure you know school's coming in my kids start monday so today and tomorrow they got to meet the teacher so I'm working for home today because it's going to be a real pain in the ass for me to leave work and then go where they're at and then go back to school. But it's like they're stretching it out. Like my oldest, my youngest kid, not my, young, my kid's in second grade. She um, has hers today, which is like you know kindergarten through second grade. So she's second grade. Third through fifth is tomorrow, which is my oldest. But, um, yeah, they start Monday, and, of course, you know, we got everything situated. You know, it's, it's funny because, like, uh, they went, we asked about backpacks, you know, what they wanted for backpacks. And my oldest child, his backpack from last year is still, in, like, it's, like, brand new. There's nothing wrong with it because he, he actually wanted a grown-up backpack. So he wants to keep that same backpack. So I said, "More power to you." I mean, we'll still buy him another one. It's just you know he can start off with that because kids are hard on backpacks. And um, you know, I remember when he was like in the first or second grade, we had to you know, we had to replace um, his backpack middle of the um, middle of the uh, school year. My daughter, she had she wanted two backpacks last year and. She went through one, but now she has the other one. But, you know, we'll probably buy another one as well. It just, um, yeah, I mean, those deals, they give you at, like, Toys R Us. Because that's where we used to get the kids' backpacks. Because, like, uh, you buy one and you get a free um, lunch kit with it. It was a great deal. But the problem is, you know, they would you know give you all these deals in these backpacks. And they're great deals, but the problem is, is... uh. You gotta look at the return value. A lot of times, these backpacks break middle of the year, and you end up by Christmas doing that. Which is why I did by Christmas. I was ordering them new backpacks by then, and plus, sometimes you know if they you know when they buy it, you know beginning of the year maybe they want Pokemon. Then Pokemon goes out of style. You know during the school year, and of course, the kid doesn't want that. Uh, you know. But my oldest one, he wanted a, a grown-up one. Nothing on it, just a regular like hiking like backpack. So I can't complain with that. I mean, I think for me growing up, we went from backpacks to like duffel bag, duffel bags, because you know that was the cooler thing. Like we, you know, like but yeah, that was but that was that was at least by. Fourth, fourth or fifth grade when we went to duffel bags because that was the cooler thing because you got the it was like that big strap you carried on you know, around your shoulder you know. To us, regular backpacks were just they weren't they just weren't cool. You know, they were little kid stuff. But then by the, and it's weird because by the time we got to high school, high school kids have backpacks and so you switch back. But of course, you know, in my case. A lot of kids carry their entire locker in their backpacks. So that wasn't cool. And of course, you had to deal with people... You know, if you had a backpack, you had to deal with um, people grabbing your backpack as you're going down the steps. Or going up the steps. them pulling on it. And of course, for us, the cool thing... What was the cool thing in high school? It wasn't backpacks then. It was just go into your locker and just you know carrying one or two books you know yeah that's all you did but then by the time we got to college nobody gave a shit and so you went back to carrying a backpack it's weird how that shit works I mean you went from duffel bag you know there's a kid the bigger backpack whether it's gremlins or what not duffel bag then early in high school back to a backpack but then realizing it's not cool so you don't carry one; you just carry your books with you, which you know is kind of dumb. It's, it's very dumb, especially in wintertime. And then college, you're back to, to a backpack. Weird, but uh, yeah, another year, and uh, you know, hopefully things work out. You know, for you know, for both my kids. Uh, my youngest one is still in daycare, so. And I know my oldest one, he'll be going to middle school next year. And by next year, I'm going to have three kids in three different schools. So, you know, for me, professionally, I'm probably going to have to make a lot of decisions on what I'm going to do or how what we're going to do with these you know, kids if we're going to move one closer to the other. It's a lot lot of things. I mean, I'm I'm actually considering probably this year looking for a job working from home. Because, you know, just of that. Because, because, you know, we're going to need to get, you know, someone's going to need to get through all three kids. So we'll see how that goes. But I got a lot of time to think about that yet. Anyways, let's get to some sports because that's what we're really trying to talk about. Uh, my podcast has moved to another uh, platform nothing not a whole lot's going to change you will still be able to view it the same way whether it's iTunes It just we, our, our whole uh, media group has moved it's been it's pretty good so far I can't complain now Pitt is uh, coming up on their season and we got a lot to talk about there um Right now, I've set like five goals for Pitt this year that they need to do. And, you know, I had number one as the, as the first thing I wanted to talk about, but I'm, I'm going to move that. Actually, I had five things. I may have six now, just thinking about it. F- five things and six. Well, first of all, well, you know what? I can put the six on the last one. Okay, first of all, wins. Wins, I'm setting the goal for Pitt to eight to nine wins. They, you know, last year they won like seven They won seven games. They could have won more if a lot of things fell in place. It was a big step from the, big leap from the, you know, year before but they won like five games, maybe four games. I mean, they went from not making a bowl game to winning the ACC Coastal Division. So that's a big leap in itself right there. But Pitt needs to get the 8-9 wins. On paper, it's there in front of them. It's possible. I even said they can probably, I have them at 9-3, 7-1 in their division, which is very, very positive of me. But reality probably says eight and four, seven and five, and possibly six and two, five and three in conference. So I'm not really I'm very optimistic, but I also know that in the real, in the real world it's going to be a little different probably. And who knows? maybe in the real world, things are a little different. maybe it's more than just eight or nine wins. Maybe it's 10, 11. who knows? But Pitt needs to get back to winning eight, eight, nine games. It's there in front of them, and maybe after winning their division, they realize it's in front of them, and the only way to go is up. And looking how they got a bunch of commits this year in the summer, I think the culture obviously is changing. They're they're all, they're all in you know it seems like they're all in sync. They know what what's in front of them, what the goal, what the mission is, and they get better every day, and they're doing that. And, you know, obviously recruits are noticing that. So we'll find out when they kick off against Virginia how things go. But, you know, as far as this pitch season goes, there's been a lot of irresponsible reporting from a lot of national publications on how they're going to be. The narrative is Pipp backed into the coastal division. Which is hilarious because I think they won the coastal with like two games left on their schedule. So I really just don't get that at all. Well actually I think they have one more game left. But still they were they were already in when they when they defeated Wake Forest for the coastal division, they were already in control of the conference. They controlled their destiny already, so they didn't back into anything. There was a lot of teams in contention for the Coastal. Nobody seemed to want to grab the division. Pitt went ahead and did just that, and they did against Virginia Tech that night That day, the night when they dropped 50-plus on them. That was the night the Pitt had the Coastal wrapped up. And had the momentum, all the everything went to pit side that night, and then Wake Forest was just the finishing finishing it off. Yeah, true, we lost to Miami, but we won just enough games in that time. We did just enough to clinch it. So the Miami game, whatever, it basically was a throwaway game until we got to the championship game. So, long story short, pretty much that game was a throwaway game. It meant nothing. It, re- I mean, if you look back, I mean, the Miami game really didn't mean a whole lot. I mean, it sucked to get our asses kicked. But, it's good that, um, we waited till, uh, <laughs> you know, towards the end of our schedule, for that to happen. Because we were still in the title game, no matter what. And, it really didn't have much impact on what bowl game we we're going to have either. So I mean, I really, I mean, it sucked to lose that game, but it really just it wasn't too disastrous. I mean, we know Miami w- was great athletically; they always have really good talented players, and we knew we had weaknesses. And of course, you know, we lost one of our top offensive linemen the, the week before, and Miami blew us up. They blew up the running game and they made us pass, and well, when you have a weak passing game like we had, it reared it's ugly head, and of course, we get the, you know, we play Clemson, and of course, in order for us to get in tonight, stay in a game where we're going to have to throw the ball, and we couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't do a dick in that game. So, one thing for my second goal is establishing the last scrimmage on both sides. Pitt lost Rashard Weaver, and that sucks, but there's plenty of guys that have been in this program enough. Someone's got to step up in, in, in their roles and step in, and that's what it is. I mean, you're going to have injuries, and a lot of these guys got to pre- got to press prepare as if they're starting, as if they're going to start that game. So you got to be ready. It's all about preparation. Off- offensively, you know, on the line we lost – Great share of players, so we definitely need to establish an offensive line because our quarterbacks gonna need time to throw the ball, and we're breaking some new running backs as well. We got they they got to run, and which leads to um, my next point: we need better production from the passing game. So, goal number three is better production from the passing game. You know, Pitt, Pitt was five and two when throwing for 150 plus yards last year, and they got to keep on that. But a lot needs to happen for that, which leads to my fourth goal: a QB needs to be the man. We've, two of our best leaders from from last year on offense are gone: Quadra Olison and Darren Hall. Somebody at quarterback needs to step in and be the man. We haven't had that since Nathan Peterman graduated. And if you look at the history, really, it hasn't really been good to us as far as quarterbacks go. I mean, the last guy I can probably say that was the man was probably, um, shoot, Bill Stahl. We haven't had a real clear leader on offense when it comes to quarterback. You could argue Tom Savage as well, but he was only there for like a year. But basically, we need somebody to come in and take take command. And Kenny Pickett's in year three. This is make or break for him. We got a new offensive coordinator. Mark Whipple supposedly going, is supposedly you know, doing some wonders with the passing game and whatnot supposedly, but we won't know nothing until these guys take the field. And they have a, they're in, you know, game one, they got Virginia. And Virginia has, well, not has, but they're being allowed it as the favorite to win the Coastal. They got them winning 10, some publications got them winning 10, 11 games this year. I don't see how, but they do. So this is it. I mean, this is make or break. So somebody at quarterback has to step up because offensive corners can can fix as much as they can, but they can't make the throws for the quarterback and they can't make the reads for them. They got to know how to do this by now. And Kane Pickett needs to do that. Because last year, although Sean Watson screwed up a lot of things, Kane Pickett didn't do himself any favors either. So he's got to nut up and do something this year. He's got, you know, we saw him one time be the man and that was against Miami. We obviously need that guy back. And let's hope we can get him back. Because if not, somebody else needs to step up. Which is why we got, you know, a backup quarterback situation happening because those guys, they're belling for that backup. They know... They're one horribly bad can you pick a game away or an injury away from starting. And finally, number five, we got special teams. Obviously, we need – we obviously blew the Notre Dame game with some bad kicking. Other offense, you know, didn't really how much, and the referees didn't help much. But we blew some field goals in that game. And not to mention, we, had, we struggled with our punting and, you know, you know, of course, uh, freaking extra points early in the year. I mean, the Penn State game was a disaster. It's almost as if the uh, the punter, you know, placed a huge bet on himself and, you know, threw the game. Obviously, we need better special teams production. Now, number six I just added. Number six, win a bowl game. I mean, first year, I get there first, but when you get there, win it. Pitt has, own, I don't think Pitt has, no, they have not. Panhardouzi has not won a bowl game yet. Uh, his first year, they went to the, uh, I believe it was the uh, Bull in Annapolis. They lost, in, I think it was, it was the Navy they lost to. Then after that, they went, to, they went and played Northwestern in the, in the uh, Blue. Uh, what was it, the Yankee Bowl or, or the Big Apple Bowl. Pinstripe Bowl. It was going to be called the Big Apple Bowl, I remember one time. And people screamed about it. It was going to be the... When the Big East was still there and together, that was going to be... The Big Apple Bowl was going to be the... supposed the New New Year's Day Bowl for, for the Big East. Because, you know, we were losing the Orange Bowl and whatnot because all of all our so, so-called power teams left for the ACC. So the Big East was going to come with the, with the Big Apple Bowl... It was supposed to be, and I think instead of Yankee Stadium, it was it was going to be played in uh, the brand new Jet Stadium. I don't think it was. I don't think that stadium was built yet. No, that, this was back in two thousand three, two thousand four. I remember. So that I, I remember that was a it was a big thing, especially on the Panther Lair message boards. The Big Apple Bowl, we're going to get it. We didn't see it for some time, and I think at one point, I don't think the Big East was playing in the Big Apple Bowl, and it was I think it was ACC, Big Ten. and I don't think we we're even members of it yet. Anyways, guys, let's break for another um. Ad from our sponsor. I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeaKey. Let them take the confusion on your ticket buying experience. Instead of showing dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. The app scans the web for the best deals of your favorite game. Consoles shown, rate someone's skills zero to ten to let you know you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes great deal. Yellow, good deals. Red dot, not so good. Use our promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 on your first purchase. That's two free beers on the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. Seeking life's event, we have the tickets. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, two more things we're going to cover here. First of all, two big things. Well, they're not really big things. I mean, if you're coming to this podcast, your big thing obviously is pit stuff, right? Exactly. Which means, which that me, tomorrow I'm going to do the. Um, if I can record tomorrow, I'll probably do the entire college football landscape for, for, for tomorrow. When I th- who, who I think is, which which con- who wins what conference, who's in the playoff and whatnot. All right, as y'all know, Jay Z is uh, parting with the NFL. And of course, a lot of people are screwing about this. The same people who lauded Jay Z and celebrated this guy are now saying Jay Z is just a greedy billionaire who's uh, stepped over everybody. It's weird. It's like the people who, and of course, he and of course, he was a drug dealer who made his life off of dealing off off of, off of people's misery. And then you got the other side who hey Jay Z now saying oh this is great you know he's a businessman he knows what it's weird it's like you had one side of us for him and of course you know with his wife as well and supposedly he was woke because uh, you know he wore a Kaepernick jersey and and he was loud because he refused to play the Super Bowl because of you know the, the bang of Kaepernick now he's partnering with parting with them. So the same people who are lying for this. Are now calling you? Know, are now saying what the what, you know, what the people that hated them say said about him, and of course the people that hated him love him now. And he just you know, it's just weird. It's confusing. I think people need to really just wait and see how this plays out. You know, does Jay Z? use this as a money-making opportunity because supposedly Jermaine Dupree had the same deal and Jay-Z told him not to take it. And This was like last year. I don't believe that. I'm sure he had a deal with the NFL, but it probably wasn't the same deal as Jay-Z had. And it was pro- probably wasn't, you know, the whole thing probably just wasn't the same. And if, Jay, if Jermaine Dupree is a businessman like Jay-Z, I think he would know whether to decline that deal or not. Just because Jay Z told him not to take the deal doesn't mean he should have. I mean Jermaine's grown, he's older. I'm saying he's probably in his forties now, maybe. Let's see, how old how old is Jermaine Dupree? So Jermaine Dupree is how old? Ah, he's over. He's he's in his 40s still. Jermaine Dupree is forty seven years old. All right, so and he's been a businessman long enough that he should know whether if it's a good deal or not. But somebody, I mean, as um as I listen to other shows, I think I listened to um you know for one thing they're speak for yourself that has Whitlock Wiley and who and Lavarinton was on the show as well. One point they brought up is if uh, LeBron is very interested in owning an NFL team or having ownership. And obviously the NFL owners aren't too crazy about him because LeBron has taken his share of shots at the, at the NFL. You know, Getting somebody like Jay-Z is going to get somebody like LeBron in. So they need somebody at the table with these owners. You send in Jay-Z. That's the guy you, you send in. But the thing is, is the comments that Jay-Z made obviously didn't sit well with a lot of people. And so he doesn't so that's why a lot of people are not really optimistic about this whole thing to begin with. I mean, did he I mean people are saying now that he buried Kaepernick and Eric Reed. Well, the thing is, is Eric Reed's still playing. He's still getting a paycheck. I don't think Jay-Z buried Kaepernick. Kaepernick's Movement in terms of the NFL, has been buried for some time. He, I mean, it doesn't have as, you know, Capric is still doing his thing with Nike and whatnot, but it doesn't have the same impact as it did. It doesn't have the same momentum. And really, it's become, you know, right now it's back page, and not to mention there's only like three or four guys are left that are kneeling. It doesn't, you know, it's, you know, it's not that big of a story anymore. On top of that, Kaepernick's been out of the league for three years, so nobody's going to sign him at this point. I mean, if he does get signed, it's going to be for a backup or a third string. I mean, if he wants to be a starter, it's not going to happen, not for three years being out. But I think people need to just wait and see how it goes. That's all I can do on these type of things. See how it plays out, see what actually what Jay-Z does. Before, you know, going off on these rants. But that's how we react. We we react to certain doom. And, you know, I saw a tweet this morning where somebody said somebody's playing, you know, because one of the Miami, um, one of the uh, Miami um, coaches played Jay-Z games for, uh, or Jay-Z songs for the first eight songs of practice. And supposedly, the guy, people thought it was to trigger Kenny Stills, but he knew about it before the coaching told him he was going to play them. Anyways, last and certainly not least, the Antonio Brown saga. Now, Antonio Brown has one more hearing about his helmet, of what he can do with it. And um, I think he's found a loophole. Well, last year there's a there's a, there's a loophole where supposedly the, it's something in regards to that specific helmet that he wants. So he may actually win his dispute. And What I said before is uh, I mean like yesterday. Is that if um, I, I won't be surprised if he wins this, and if I'm the NFL, I let him win. Because it generates more. If I'm looking for ratings and um, interest, people are going to tune in and see what Antonio Brown does, how he plays. Basically, Antonio. I mean, Antonio Brown has put himself at the center of attention, and that's really what he wants. And really, it's just generating interest. And he's doing stuff to trigger people, and he triggers a lot of people, especially in local media. Anything he does or tweets, you have at least one of them going after him. Then of course, then of course they get mad when people come after them in reaction to it. But as you know, as I brought that up, Pinnarduzzi, one of my followers, and of course I follow him as well, says that you know I don't think anyone's going to you know tune in just to see Antonio Brown. I guess that's, you know, tune in just because Antonio Brown's hell of a battle. And he's got a point, because while well, I think it's going to generate interest, put him in the center of attention, all it's going to take is a few Raiders losses, and, and this whole thing with Antonio Brown just goes to the back page. It's it's right now. Short, I mean, short term. It's good for it's good for buzz. It's good for drama. But once the Raiders, once once the springer season kicks off, and the Raiders start losing games, it's all going to go on the back page. And if anything, that's probably what the NFL will do. I think he'll win, but you know that's my prediction. He wins, but NFL could say, you know what. You're going to take the helmet and you're going to like it. It's the rules. If we keep making exceptions, and everybody else follows. And, you know, people will get mad at them, I'm sure. You know, people will get pissed off the NFL because that's how it goes. But once the, once the season starts, if the Raiders start losing games, people are going to forget about it. And it'll just be back page, back page news like it always is. Anyways, guys, I'll finish up here. I saw a Pip picked up a new transfer. John Petrasen from uh grad transfer from Penn State. He's got two years left to play. He's a safety. He's had medical issues. He's been hurt, but he wants to play here. Good for us. Anyways, guys, hopefully I'll have something for you after this. Hello, pit. Pip? Across California, school food professionals are using their skills to develop recipes that incorporate fresher ingredients and more scratch cooking. Learn how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.